new episode tapped in sf giants podcast i am andrew pasquini leo luna next to me uh we're, we're gonna talk about the giants like we usually do and this is one of the better weekends to talk about what the giants did uh leo first let, let's start though how, how was your weekend my weekend was great um the, the the Giants stayed in first place. Like, regardless of whatever happened this weekend, the Giants stayed in first place. So that automatically makes it a fantastic weekend. Also got to celebrate my daughter's ninth birthday. So oh, okay. another special event that happened this weekend. I like the order of, of how you said that. You put, you put the Giants oh, first. Giants like, first and then daughters. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> that works. That makes sense. I, I liked it. I thought it was good. It fits this podcast. We'll just say for the podcast and, and call it there. Uh, yeah, no, man, it, it was a good weekend for me, too. Uh, I was in Denver. Got to see Coors Field after spending all of last week uh, talking real mean about it because uh, I was very I was very upset with Coors Field last week uh, after that Rocky series. But yeah, I had a good weekend. Uh, you know who else had a good weekend, Leo? Who's that? Yeah, uh, the San Francisco Giants. Uh, they they lost once since we last talked to each other, and as Cardi B would say, "I like it like that." Uh, the first oh, game sh- of the series against the Padres, they win five to four. Desclafani gets touched up a little bit, three earned runs and five and a third. But guess what? Blake Snell didn't even make it to the fifth inning. Kind of what he does, he gives up four runs. The Giants have a pretty good offensive game. They win game one of the series against the Padres. And then game two, they just kind of exploded. Seven to one, three runs in the second inning. You know, just a great offensive showing as, I, as I, I'm going to talk about that later that I didn't watch any of this series. Uh, so I don't know what happened. I know Brandon Belt hit a home run. I remember that. Oh, yeah, this was the game. Uh, the Both the, the uh, Brandons hit home runs. That That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Uh, you like when that happens. Somebody, some dummy asked one day, you know, what Brandon Crawford's purpose, purpose was. <laughs> I don't know who would ask that question ever. Uh, unfortunately, the third game of the series, the Giants get blown out by the Padres. Johnny Cueto returns. He doesn't do well. Uh, three innings pitch, eight hits allowed, five earned runs, two strikeouts, one walk. Um but that's okay because the Giants had already won the series against the Padres. Very important uh, series. They then go or they stay home. They play the Texas Rangers game one. Mauricio Dubon has the game winning. I believe it was a single uh, in the eighth inning last night. I got home just in time for that. Uh, he, he he scores Slater to make it two to one. The Giants add one more. They win three to one. Jake McGee tried to make it a little interesting at the end, allowing two runners on. And then the second game that just wrapped up, uh, the Giants sweep the Texas Rangers in a uh, two-game series. They win four to two today. Uh, the big thing that that I took away, I texted the group. Mike Talkman in the leadoff spot, zero for one with three walks. I like my leadoff walks. Uh, Leo, as I said, the um, I, I didn't watch the Giants much this weekend. I was in San Francisco, or not San Francisco. I was in Colorado. I uh, didn't get much chance to, to watch. Um, so fill me in. Tell, tell me what I missed. Uh, expl- explain it to Andrew. Yeah. So uh, in this segment of explain it to Andrew, you mentioned D. Scofani got touched up a bit. He was actually fantastic. Uh, it, first five innings, no earned runs. And then the sixth inning comes around and he allows Jorge Mateo get to get on base. 
and Trent Grisham just touches them all. Hits a two-run shot, making that game a, a two-to-four Padres lead. And okay, you know that that's just one thing. You sixth inning. That's the third time around the lineup. It's it's gonna happen um, when you're playing a lineup like the Padres, and then he he allows Manny Machado to get on base. They take him out, and they insert Sam Selman. This is this is nothing against Gabe Kapler. I don't want people to say, oh, Gabe Kapler making the wrong decision here. Because Eric Hosmer hit a two-run shot to tie the game mm-hmm. four to four. Yeah. Eric Hosmer is a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that third earned run was obviously Machado scoring on that home run. Um, and then I think the biggest thing for me on that Friday game is having that momentum to just go ahead and take a five, four lead and, and shutting the door from there. Yeah. And, you know, especially when you're playing a team like the, the Padres where they had uh, Keanu Kella come in and Austin Slater brand new. Mu- I, I, that's probably the biggest takeaway is the mustaches that yeah, were, I heard about that on Friday night. Yeah. Um, I heard about that. You know, as much as I would like to participate, I'm going to become very unattractive if yeah. I have just the mustache and just shave the beard. No chin. I, I can't do it. And a lot of people would probably wait and not watch any of my live shows until I have a full <laughs> beard back. Cause it will be very hard to watch. It, it's uh, like, it, my it is my makeup. It's my makeup. It's yeah. It, it's absolutely oh yeah, my makeup. You do not want to see this without the beard at all. Um, but yeah, you know how confusing it was to take a weekend off of baseball and hear mustaches from the Giants are the big story. And whether it was a rat or raccoon for the Mets is a big story. Like it was a really confusing weekend to take a weekend off. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so with, with that Friday game, obviously Jake McKee comes in, shuts down, shuts down the Padres. They win. Uh, yeah. And that it's very important win because, you know, obviously it was 4-4. Padres tied it up and it's a one-run game and your bullpen shuts down the door and the bullpen's been kind of that narrative right now going on with the giants and why they, they haven't won even more games. Saturday comes around Joe Musgrove this year has thrown a no hitter, but for some reason the giants just have his number. Uh, So they go up early on Joe Musgrove when Brandon Crawford hits his three run shot. Padres come back three, one, and then Brandon belt hits his, solo home run to make it four to one and then they just add on three more from there and that's very important because rather than like the night before when you have a four you know run lead that gets shut down mm-hmm. saturday the giants lineup said no 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 padres we're gonna just go up seven one and we're gonna take this game you we're not giving you guys the chance um with your lineup so and then Sunday is just one of those anomalies. Like, you know, you're, you're playing a competitive team. It's very hard to sweep competitive teams, especially when you have Johnny Cueto coming back on his first start. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I didn't think that the giants were going to win 11 to one. And I didn't think they were going to lose one to 11, yeah. but you know, shit like that happens with yeah. baseball. Thanks. You don't go 162 and oh, no one's done it. And then <clears throat> after losing, one to 11 on mother's day to come back and win the next two against a, a Texas team who does have some pretty good ball players on there. I, I think they're a little young and it's not going to translate to the win column, but they won both of those games by, by two runs each. And I, 
emphasize on two runs each because the bullpen played a lot mm-hmm. in the in those two games as far as like it becoming the outcome. Shout out Gossman though for shutting down the Padres again, and shout out Alex Wood for dominating the Texas Rangers once again on that Monday night performance. Yeah, the bull the bullpen has been so give or take. It feels like there's patches. And and it's hard with last week, you know, the bullpen was was at the forefront again after the the back-to-back games against the Rockies. And and that's kind of hard to judge because it's Colorado. But I feel like we go through these stretches of a couple games where the bullpen's just like, man, nothing's working. He doesn't have – and then we go another stretch. I know McGee uh, made things interesting Friday. I know he made them interesting on uh, last night. But, like, I, I, I keep tweeting it because it's kind of turned into my personal meme. But, like – Tyler Rogers is is as close to he's 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 the first nail in the coffin almost. You know he's going to come in. You know he's going to shove it. He has that .87 ERA on the year. I don't. He hasn't given up an earned run in a long time. It feels like. Um, Same thing with like Caleb uh, Berger. He comes in Saturday. He doesn't give up an earned run. He still hasn't given up an earned run since what last August, last September. So, you know, he's he's pitching well. So it feels like we're in another one of those stretches where the bullpen is 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 coming together and doing well as a, connect, a collective unit. And it, it's happening so frequently at this point, Leo, that I just – I think the Giants just have a good bullpen. I just think that's what it is. I think it's time for us as, as Giants fans to stop thinking this whole – you know the bullpen is not good. Kapler struggling with the the uh, the pitching changes. Who to go to today? They have to go three innings. They give up one hit. They give up one hit, and and Berger is the only one who allows the hit, but he doesn't give up a run. So he can, as I said, continues that streak. I think it's just time to stop fighting the inevitable and say, hey, the San Francisco Giants have a very good bullpen. Yeah, I feel like they need to probably figure out a couple spots and maybe a guy like Latell helps them figure that out because he's pitched four innings so far in a very, very short sample size. Yes. I don't want to overstretch it too much, but in those four innings pitch, he hasn't given up an earned run, which is obviously thumbs up, good sign. But is the question to you is Tyler Rogers the best setup man in baseball? The guy has a dot eighty two whip. Usually there's a one in front of it for most relievers. He has a zero in front of that dot yeah. 0.87 ERA in 20.2 innings pitched. Doesn't get very many strikeouts with only 10, but he's getting the job done, putting the balls on the ground, not over the fence. And I say not over the fence to emphasize because this bullpen is 25th in home runs allowed. That's not good. Uh, <laughs> if you want to know, not good. And so that's my question. Is Tyler Rogers the best setup man in baseball? I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to say yes. I think everybody knows <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I like to remind everybody that Tyler Rogers uh, is good. It's something I've sat on since last year, even when he struggled. His ERA plus is 439. League average is 100. Think about it like that. I know I know not a lot of people know what ERA plus is, and now isn't the time for a conversation about advanced analytics because I try and have that conversation. People tend to yell at me. Um, let's just say he's having a very good season. Um, 
is he the best setup man in baseball? I mean, the ERA speaks for what it is. I think if you put him in the closer spot, which I think needs to be a conversation soon, uh, especially with uh, Jake McGee just pumping fastballs, not really having a secondary pitch to break off onto, uh, at least consistently or comfortably, because he's been throwing a lot of fastballs lately. Might be time to have that conversation about maybe making him the ninth, the ninth inning guy. Um, he, he's I, I just still can't wrap my mind around that he has a curveball that rises. Like you, you don't see that. You do not see that in Major League Baseball. You don't see that in baseball. Period. You really only see that in softball. And Tyler Rogers does it, and you see how good that pitch is. I mean, I think I, I posted the baseball savant stats on it, and let's see if I can pull it up real quick. Um, that that curveball, I know the the um, average starts with a zero. Uh, if baseball savant wants to load, I could tell you exactly what it is. The batting average against the curveball, and and nobody can hit it. And that's his that's his put away pitch. I know he he throws fastballs more than anything else. Uh, but but the put away pitch is that curveball. His batting average against is point zero eight zero. Um, and it's a pretty accurate look at how good it is too, because the expected batting average on his curveball is one Oh two. So there's not much of a difference. It's not like he's catching breaks on good defensive plays or being hit somewhere where it's not supposed to, or hit somewhere good for him. He's, he's making people look foolish with his curveball alone. And I am excited to see if he does get that chance to, to become the closer. See if he becomes the ninth inning guy for the giants. I think the only part that makes that hard is, he has the most innings pitched mm-hmm. out of out of this bullpen. And he's such an asset out there into at least relaying it to the closer. Um, it's just hard to, you know, just take that spot away from McGee, mm-hmm. considering he did have his last two saves, two innings pitched, um, two hits, one base on balls in 4K. So he has more strikeouts than hits or walks. So I think let's leave it now. Table the conversation, which I think that's where you are alluding to. Let's table this conversation. It might uh, be a conversation for another day. Yeah. And we were talking about, like, say, uh, a couple spots that need to be figured out in the bullpen. Matt Weisler, have a May, because he did not have an April. April, nine innings pitched, 10 hits, 10 earned. Now in May, 4.1 innings pitched, only two hits, no walks, no runs, no earned. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Last, you know, once again, just like Littell, very, very, very short sample size. We're talking about three games, 4.1 innings, but that's a whole lot better. And it's just motivating. Yeah. Relieving. When you see this guy have an April that he did where there was basically zero confidence in the guy mm-hmm. to now his last three games, he put it together. One of those games was one dot two innings pitched with no hits, no hits. Yeah. And then on uh, on Saturday, two innings pitch or excuse me, this was Sunday, two innings pitched, no hits. No runs, no walks. So it seems like he's putting it together. And that that Sunday game, 
obviously we saw the Padres had 16 hits, 11, 11 runs. Yeah. Yet there was two innings in between all of that of Matt Weisler just shutting down that lineup after they were, you know, the bats were so hot for the Padres that day. So it, it's very, it's very intriguing and, and motivating and to see this guy to, you know, kind of turn his season around. Yeah, I mean, you, you you live by the slider, you die by the slider, and he he's, he's living <laughs> recently. Actually, the slider the slider percentage has dropped a bit. He's only at eighty eight point four percent slider, eleven point six percent fastball. So he's 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 mixing his pitches a little more. You know, he's going to the four seamer. Um, mm-hmm. Leo, let's let's touch back on a conversation we had maybe a couple weeks ago when the Giants first hit their stride. And we added the caveat of, is this just a small sample size? The season just started. And I think I had my first inkling of this this week with the Giants. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and it feels kind of silly asking this about what a 22 and 14 team. Is that the record now? Uh, Yeah, 22 and 14 with the second best record in baseball. Is this a good baseball team? Yes. Yeah, yes, I is think a that's good the baseball team. Yeah, they like the Padres is where they barely only like I'm sorry for keep saying the Padres. They just played them a lot recently and they're a good baseball team. They're not the Rockies. So that's why I keep using them as an example. They played three series against them. They took in two out of those three. Um they also beat a a crafty Miami Marlins team. They took down Philadelphia in Philadelphia, uh, they they took down the Cincinnati Reds, who has an outstanding lineup. They took that series after losing the first game of the series. So I think this is a good team. You know, looking over the next next few games, I, I think they could definitely have some momentum. And when that Dodger series does come up to where the confidence is matching the momentum, and they could possibly take that series as well, especially the way the Dodgers are playing. Yeah, and the thing I I think about when I think about if the Giants are a good team, which I absolutely, like, as I said, I think this is the weekend that really turned it for me because I was saying last pod, last episode, you know, hey, this series against San Diego, it might not be, like, it it feels big, but it might not be that big because you look at the 10 games after the, the Padres, you got very three very winnable series. So, like, if you lose two out of three to the Padres, it's not the worst thing. They go in and take two out of three. And you look at the Giants and you compare them to the other good, you know, the quote unquote good teams in baseball, right? You got the New York Yankees who are coming around. They're getting hot. They started super cold. Um, Mm -hmm. You got the A's. They started 0-6. They have the second, third best record in baseball now. Houston went into a cold stretch. Um, Atlantis went into a cold stretch. They're, They're finally turning it around. And all these good teams in baseball the Giants' longest losing streak is two games. They haven't played a bad stretch of baseball yet. And you look at all these other really good teams who started out very slow on the stretch or, or started the stretch very slow. The Giants haven't had that yet. And, and it's been this like inevitable, like we're waiting for it thing. And I I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I, I don't. The pitching's been good. The hitting's finally coming around. The bullpen's been fine. They're playing very good in every facet of baseball and mm-hmm. and there's been no stretch of games where you're just like yeah this this team isn't good they like it, like we went in with the idea of because we talked about it 500 
five would just mm-hmm. be just be average. That's all we want. Yeah, they've had stretches of being an average team, but they haven't had a stretch of games where you're just like, this is a bad team, which I think in turn makes them a good team because they have played six weeks of average to above average to good to really good baseball. And they haven't had any stretch where they've been bad. And some of these good teams, you know, say like the Dodgers, a lot of the narrative with them has been like, oh, injuries, they're missing guys. Well, hell, look what the Giants are doing. They don't have Tommy LaStella. They don't have Donovan Solano, mm-hmm. Silver Slugger. That's important. They yeah. don't have Alex Dickerson, who almost hit 300 last year with power. Um, they didn't have Mike Yastrzemski, who was like mm-hmm. a top five MVP candidate. Haven't, uh, had and he's, haven't had Cueto. Now Aaron Sanchez is bummed up, banged up. And Reyes Moranta, who's probably their second best bullpen guy, arm is is out as well. So mm-hmm. this this Giants team is dealing with their fair share of important injuries, and yet they're still competing. When there was a, a little bump in the road is when they lost those that series back-to-back, the weekend series in San Diego, and then the stupid Coors Field series. They started out this month of May 2-3. and three. Yep. Yet they didn't, re- regardless of the injuries, regardless of starting the month, they flipped that around, went four and one over that stretch, and now they're six and four in May over five hundred. Yeah, it, it's because because we had, as I said, we had this conversation earlier in the year when they first kind of got hot, and we were just accounting. Hey, you know, it's we're, we're three weeks into the season. What are we even talking about? And I really think we're at this point where I don't. I don't think this is an early season thing. They've 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 been in competition for the best record in baseball for like a week and a half now. And, and I just don't like, I know like obviously like the Royals, right? The Royals are an example of a team coming back down to earth. They, the Royals were tied for with the Giants for the best record like two weeks ago. And now they're 16 and 17, nowhere near, probably just going to continue to play what they're playing. I, I just, I, <laughs> I told you earlier too, my thought of like hearing how bad the Nationals are. And then my first thought going to, okay, what prospect would I be okay giving up for Max Scherzer? Because he's on an expiring deal. This team could use more, like not even this team, but every team can use more pitching. And it's just, I wasn't expecting to have any thoughts of the Giants being buyers this season because that's just that's just not what I thought would happen. And, and it helps that the Dodgers are playing as poorly as they are. And, and we, but, but we can't discount them ever. Like, like that's the thing. And, the Giants have been better than the Padres at this point. Like that's 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 a thing that too we expect. The Padres were just automatically going to be better, and they're just not. And maybe they got off to a slow start, and 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 they're finally finding their way. But they haven't they haven't earned that reputation yet, right? Like the Dodgers, it's just a they're on a slow start. They're going to come back around. The Padres haven't earned that, mm-hmm. um, and so so we'll see how bad the Dodgers actually are coming up here after this next stretch of games because. After the um, who do they play? They play Pittsburgh, then Cincinnati. After the Cincinnati series, it's three against the Dodgers, two against the uh, Diamondbacks, and four against the Dodgers. So we're gonna find out how good the Dodgers are in a couple weeks. Let's just bank some more. Let's bank more wins up until that point, and they very much can do that. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be very interesting to see what what the Dodgers do as well is because they got this Mariners team who's not a rollover. Then they're going to have to travel to Miami right after. 
so it's it's uh, very interesting to see what happens with the Dodgers uh, per fan graphs. They still have the Dodgers winning the division. Uh, I, I like to update it with fan graphs percentages because it's something I stated very, very early in the pod. So I just like to, you know, just keep relaying off of that. They increased the Giants' odds to make the playoffs now. They're at a 24.6%. Okay. So almost at a 25%. And we're almost 25% of the season, you know, through at 22% of the season so far. <clears throat> I think this Giants team makes the playoffs. Uh, I'm saying that right now. They are going to have a very interesting stretch after that that travel to Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. So basically I would say it starts on the 21st. <laughs> they have the three games against the Dodgers, Arizona sandwiched in between which division game we saw what happened with the Rockies division games could either go, you know, to the, to the worst team or to the better team, mm-hmm. but that's only a two game stretch. They got the Dodgers, then the angels for two games and then the Cubs for four games. Mm-hmm. So that's all. That's all competitive series is right there. So that's one, two, three, four, five. That five series stretch is going to see where this Giants team really is at. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they could get more players back for that stretch. Yeah, it, it's it's so crazy because like they haven't fallen off. Like They haven't had Donovan Solano for a few weeks. They haven't had Tommy LaStella for a few weeks. Uh, Cueto's just finally getting back, but then when Cueto goes, it's Aaron Sanchez and they just really haven't missed a beat. And even players who are struggling like Mauricio Dubon, they come up for, for a random moment where they're, they're needed. You know, he, him having the hit against uh, Texas on Monday night, things like that. Um, and, and, and a big part of it is too, is we, I'm going to mention it until we can't mention it anymore. Cause I just think it's that important of a talking point. We have early 2010s Buster Posey right now. Yes, he, he's still 385, 461, 371 uh, slash line, an OPS of 1191. That's a one dot. Uh, the OPS plus is at 234, just like ERA plus 100 is average. The power numbers are there. He's he's hitting with power. He has eight home runs. I think that's still tied for the team lead. He's he's uh, one, two, three, four home runs away from tying his combined 2018 and 2019 totals of home runs. Like the power is there. The average is there. Everything is back. I'm going to mention it until I can't anymore, Leo. Yeah, you should, because this guy talking about, you know, the Dodger series hasn't come up is he has more home runs than Mookie Betts and Corey Seager. Actually, if you put those two players combined, Buster Posey has as many home runs as Mookie Betts and Corey Seager combined. So yeah, it's an absolutely talking point. Um, in his last five, or excuse me, his last nine games, he's hitting 548 with the 611 base on percentage. That's like Barry Bonds numbers right there. <laughs> so it, it's exciting. You've talked about a young Posey. What about a young Brandon Crawford? Uh, over his last 10 games, he's hitting 360. What's his purpose, Andrew? Remind me, please. He's I don't know. I don't know a... why you keep saying that. Who I don't know. Is that a reference at me? I didn't say anything. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So in his last 10 games, he's hitting 360 with a 500 on base percentage, four home runs, and nine RBIs. Looks like a you know, 
probably better than what we've seen from a yeah. young Brandon Crawford. Obviously, it's 10 games, not 150, but it looks like he's getting hot all of a sudden. This is kind of what we talked about with these with th- this team putting up runs, being more competitive, um, from, and not relying so much on solo home runs. Like Brandon Crawford has seven home runs on the season. That's more than bets. That's more than Seager. <laughs> like I'm going to keep using that until that, that's we can't be a say it no point. more. Yeah, until we can't say it no more. Like Belt, he's he has eight home runs along with Posey. That's same thing as combined Mookie Betts and Corey Seager's total. I'm going to keep saying it until I can't say it no more. And per Fangraphs, last seven days power rank of player Brandon Belt is the third ranked player in all of baseball, and Brandon Crawford is the fourth ranked player in all of baseball. Yeah, and, and and to go back to just how good Posey has been, I'm looking at it. Buster Posey's 385 average would be number one in Major League Baseball. Uh, Buster Posey's 461 on base percentage would be number two behind Mike Trout. Buster Posey's 731 slugging percentage would be number one, and his OPS would obviously be number one because he's at a one nine one one nine one. And, 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 and the reason why he doesn't qualify, I saw this question pop up on Twitter this week, is that to qualify, you must have 3.1 plate appearances per team game played. Posey's missed too many games uh, just on rest, so he isn't among the qualifiers. It's something that will average out as the season goes. Like, he just hasn't played enough yet. He'll get to that point. Like, well, he'll ramp up, and he'll be among the lead leaguer, lead. Oh, my God. League leaders in baseball. Um um, when when he does reach that point, so that's something I saw float on Twitter. I think that's mm-hmm. an important thing to kind of say is is he doesn't have the the league lead in any stat because he ha- well home runs counts. It's just the averages and the percentages that that get filtered out. Yeah, and it's like obviously you would like to see Buster in the lineup more, but based on his production and what he's doing, I'd I'd rather keep him fresh. I'd rather <laughs> keep him healthy especially when you have an asset like Kurt Casale uh, to be able to call a game and look what he did with Logan Webb today to where Logan Webb had the most strikeouts like of his age since Madison Bumgarner um, and with only two earned runs as well. So the guy knows what he's doing behind the plate. And even though he's only hitting you a 116 average with no home runs, like if the guy's only calling games where the max amount of runs they're giving is two, you take it. Mm-hmm. If if Buster Posey starts four games a week and Kirk Casale starts two a week, I'm I, I'm not worried about Casale's average. To be honest, like yeah, I, I yes, I would love to have a guy who's hitting 300 play behind Buster Posey and take those two games, but his importance defensively like makes it okay. And that, and that I think that's fine. I know a lot of people are complaining about Casale's um, 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 batting average, but there are two positions on the field that I really don't care offensive production, and that's catcher and shortstop. And if Casale's hitting 116, but the trade-off is Buster Posey getting an extra day off a week and hitting 385, yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm very okay with it. So it, it's... I can't believe we're having this conversation May 11th are asking if the Giants are good, but that's what this season has been. I don't think this is an early season thing at this point. I think this is a very real conversation that needs to be had to a point where I just might need to retire my meme that I post like once a week of are the Giants good 
or is this a good mm-hmm. baseball team? I don't think I need to post that anymore because I think the answer is yes. I think the answer is yes at this point. Oh, it's absolutely yes. And <clears throat> my main takeaway is I just want to enjoy the ride. We haven't seen a playoff team since 2016. So I just want to enjoy it as much as possible. Don't stress about it. Like, let's just get into the playoffs, baby, and see what happens. Yeah, so I think I think we're going to wrap up here. I think that's this is a good place to end. It's a very good vibe podcast. Uh, but that's because the Giants are giving us good vibes. Um, just continue. Um, so uh, I, guess, I guess before I ask you any last thoughts, Leo, I, I'll tell the people what the Giants have on tap this next week. Uh, we kind of talked about it earlier. The Giants are about to leave San Francisco. They have the day off tomorrow or today. You're probably listening to this when it's today. They continue Thursday. They got a four-game set in Pittsburgh, 635 start. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then an afternoon game, 105 uh, versus uh, in Pittsburgh. And then they go four in Cincinnati starting Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 640 starts, 1235 on Thursday. We'll be back next Tuesday. Leo, any last thoughts before we uh, wrap this up? Yeah, I feel like we should make some predictions over that stretch, at least by the next time we record. So the four against Pittsburgh, two against Cincinnati, and then we will be able to be face-to-face once again and record this podcast. So in that six-game stretch, I'm going to go ahead and just call out four and two. Give me four and two. Um, obviously, that that increases your, your over. They would be 10 games over 500 then on the season if they could just get at a four and two mark. Whatever it does, whatever you do to have to get that done, I'm all for it, whether if it's three and one, against Pittsburgh or 4-0 against Pittsburgh, and then you drop the first two distance. I really don't care. Just give me 4-2 by next next week. Yeah, I'm going to say, so before this stretch, after the San Diego game, I tweeted, you know, hey, this is the next stretch before the Dodgers stretch. Give me six wins. Um, I'm going to say 4-2 and two as well. Uh, I mm-hmm. think... I, I think Pittsburgh's probably baseball's dumb. Pittsburgh's going to sneak one in. Pittsburgh's better than what people thought, and and I think they'll beat Cincinnati on the first game just because I don't know who's pitching. So obviously that's going to change. So um, I could I could tell you right now. Uh, we, yeah, I don't have it in front of me. If you tell me the Pittsburgh pitchers, is going to throw out Will Crow, Tyler Anderson, uh, Giants legend, of course, Mitch Keller, and JT Brubaker. And okay. then first game against Cincinnati, Sonny Gray, barrier, Bay Area legend, Wade My- Wade Miley. Excuse me, I'm struggling with these names. Luis Castillo against okay. Kevin Gosman again, so we'll see what happens there. Maybe that's the pitching showdown we expected the first time. And then Tyler Mail. Okay. Okay, I like that. I think so. I'm gonna go four and two. The games they're gonna lose is the Tyler Anderson one. So that's the game two of the Pittsburgh series. And I'm going to say they lose to Sonny Gray. I'm just going to go off the logic of Wade Miley's not – he's going to struggle after his no-hitter. Uh, yeah. So so, so those will be the two games I, I'll call. I'll call those two. Uh, and that will get me to my six-win stretch bef- with, with two games left in the series. I mean, oh, man, if the Giants can win eight games like in, the, in that ten-game stretch of Texas, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, oh, my God. Hey, I mean, <laughs> ten is even and, on the ten is even Andrew, in the card still. Andrew, I'm getting excited. Relax. 
I am the most excited man about the Giants who is currently wearing a Colorado Rockies hat. Let's just say that. <laughs> they don't need to know. They don't need to no. know. Okay. No. Uh, so so we'll wrap up there. We'll see where the Giants are next Tuesday. Uh, Giants are 22 and 14 after sweeping the Texas Rangers. I am Andrew Pasquini, Leo Luna. I guess we're signing off.